Hello, sweet friends. My name is Michaela Bell. Welcome back to my YouTube channel. I'm so excited to have you here. And today's a special episode because this is the very first time that my podcast is on its new home platform. I started a podcast in 2020 along with a lot of other people, uh, but it lived on audio only platforms up until today. I wanted to do a quick intro video to this because this is a complex concept and it's also uh, a two-part episode. The reason why we decided it was gonna be two-part is one, because it's complex, and two, we wanted to make it personal to you because of the complexity of it. Today we're gonna be talking about and tackling a topic called mother wounds. There's usually three schools of thought when I say that term, mother wound. Either one, the first thought is, that sounds disrespectful and dishonoring to your mom. I don't necessarily know how I feel about that. That was me. Uh, number two, oh, I don't have a mother wound. I talk to my mom every single day. She is my best friend. Or three, oh, I definitely know that I've got some mother wounds. I just don't know how to heal from it or even to like, how do I work through that? How do I know? Hey, Bert. So... We're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna to talk about kind of the general, what is a mother wound? Talk about the complexities of it, the myths around it, and what it feels like, looks like, sounds like. And then part two, we're gonna take directly from these comments and questions that you have. If you have any questions that feel too personal for you to put here in the comment section, totally understand. Go ahead and head to Instagram and you can send me a, a DM and that way, um, if they come in in time before the next time we record part two, we'll be able to coach you as much as we possibly can through some helpful next steps. Thank you so much for being here. And without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. See you in there. Hey friends, welcome back to A Table for Two podcast. My name is Michaela Bell. I am your host and I am so excited to actually reintroduce <laughs> my friend Alex because we recorded a podcast um, a couple weeks ago, and I didn't have my mic on. So thank you, Alex, for being kind enough to being willing to come back mm -hmm. and have this conversation. I think it's a really important one. Today, we're going to talk about a topic, a concept called mm -hmm. mother wounds. And I'm bringing my friend Alex on. She is a clinical therapist and a life coach. Her brand is called The Selfish Contract. And we're just going to dive right into it. Welcome. Thank you. It's my favorite way. It's probably good that we are re-recording it because there's just a lot of things to talk about. And yes. I think we got the meat and potatoes to just kind of serve it and serve it hot right away. <laughs> Let's do it. So quick question, slightly for context, okay. um, for people to just like get to know you. Mm -hmm. When you think of young Alex... What shaped her? Tell me a little bit about her. So young Alex was extremely independent. And if you know me, that's literally not a shocker. Um, <laughs> but I think what happened is 16 was when everything came to fruition, where I understood why I was so independent. Mm. And I think actually without knowing that's where... I became a therapist. I always wanted to be in PR and marketing because I, I envisioned myself to be extremely powerful and like a corporate baddie, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but it's because I always had a lot of control 
and now being a therapist, knowing why I had so much control. So, you know, there was a lot of transformational situations that happened at 16. Like I was a sexual assault survivor. Like my parents were divorced, like custody battles. Like it was really thick. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I envision myself back then, that was the most shape shifting in the best way. And I think it's why I'm a good therapist. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. What what about that made you a good therapist? Well, for the other context, like besides working with women um, on the day to day, I work with teens, specifically teen girls. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just I learned really quickly what my role was in the mm-hmm. world. Right. I did pageants. Like That's a whole other thing. Um, I did pageants. Like I mentioned the sexual assault, like I learned really quickly how much that's like pushed under the rug or is a very shameful thing. It's an embarrassing thing. And I'm very loud and extremely transparent. And I wanted to be transparent. I didn't know why at the time it was such a, like a mission, but I wasn't going to play it down. That, that was a hard fact. So I was never going to play it down. Um, and I think I had, without knowing, I was very grounded in the trauma that was going on, but it didn't shake me. And I tell people a lot of the times, um, I have this possibly a PTSD gift, but I have a gift on how to really split my brain and understanding when I'm feeling trauma and when I'm feeling or processing the trauma at the same time, because I did it at 16. I remember just sitting in class and being like, it's happening again. And, you know, I say the best people have some of the hardest experiences, like trauma makes you spicy. Um, And as much as it was a really hard, really hard time for me, um, like I tell my clients now, my 16-year-old clients, this will give you so much grit if you just hold on, because I get it. Um, So as hard as it was, I'm thankful that I held on to the transformation. And I think that's why I do the work that I do. Yeah. I can so see that. The one thing I absolutely love about you, when you, when someone follows you on Instagram and they watch your stories, and then if they ever have a real life conversation with you, it's, you don't shape shift. You are who you are. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) I try really hard not to because no one likes that. I, I know, I know, but I'm just, you do a really, really good job. So I see you and I'm, I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. you mean you like my, I only show up online when I have absolutely no makeup on because it's <laughs> the only time time allows. And I have processed that, you know, the pageant girl, the 16 year old girl would never, my husband knew me when I was 16. He's like, wow, you really go online just fresh out the gym on. I'm like mascara <laughs> down and everything. It is what it is. We're too old to care in That's my opinion. Oh, so true. Oh my gosh. That is so true. I, as I'm, you know, getting a little bit older and I think you hit your mid thirties. Yeah. Well, you're younger. Well, 32. I mean, I did a whole thing on it this morning. Like 32 is so dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. You had a lineup of like all of your supplements. <laughs> yeah, it's like a thing, right? Like as I, and I'm processing because everything's a thing in the therapist brain, right? Like I was processing how in depth my lineup was and how like, you know, I'm trying to heal my gut. Like I am a strong believer in trauma gut. Like we could do a whole other podcast on that. right? Um, And I'm still healing it truly from 16 year old self. Like I have been able to look back on when I had gut problems and just being 30, even like with the mom wounds, like when you grow 
like the food is such a thing and yes. the vitamins are such a, th- the skin is such a thing. I had a dark spot. So I was so stressed two weeks ago and I was like, it's work. <laughs> it's a 16 year old stressing me out. Um, so I think it's just getting in touch with it's dramatic, but needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Got to pay attention. For sure. All right. Let's talk about mother wounds. Um, yeah. Favorite topic. Yeah. First two part question. Yeah. What is a mother wound and why is it your favorite topic? Well, I'll tell you the first reason. It's my favorite topic. Everybody has one. <laughs> Everybody yep. has one. Um, I love it when people are like, no, there's no trauma there. Like I love my mom. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll, re- I'll get back to that in three weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but a mother wound essentially is a wound that starts before your mother. It's generations of hurt or a wound, if you will, um, that's passed down to you, right? Like we have heard a lot of, I am a generational curse breaker, right? Like Mm -hmm. I interrupt generational curses. And I think us having a term called mother wound is exactly what that is. We just haven't really been able to pinpoint it. Um, And these wounds are really like dysfunctional patterns of just moving through without really healing and understanding. And then we're kind of left with why do I still feel this and why is this normal? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The first time I ever heard of the term, and I I really love the way that you define it because I remember the first time I ever heard it, I did not think of it in that way, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why. So when I started going to therapy, it was mostly because I kept repeating relational like behaviors and I kept dating the same guy with a different name. Yeah, same character. And one of when I started going to therapy, um my therapist started asking me questions about some stuff with my mom. And and I told you this before, but I was very hesitant to go down that road. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even sure why, but there was automatically this resistance to anything. And I called my friend after my therapy session, who's a therapist, and I said, what is a mother wound and why is he trying to get me to hate my mom? That was my thought process. It's an automatic thing, yes. Yeah. So um, – and I had a really great childhood. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of trauma or wounding from my mother, I was just very resistant to – that topic. But what I'll tell you is once I dove in, there was a lot of healing Mm -hmm. that started to happen. And so if you're somebody that's listening to this and maybe your first thought is, well, I don't have a mother wounds. Like I've had a great childhood. I have, I talk to my mom every day. You still have one. And what I learned was that you can love your mom Mm -hmm. and still have a mother wound and be aware of it. Yes. Yeah. We really dove into that. Well, you know, it's hard because when we say mother wound, then there really is no other name to call it. Um, But when you have a mother wound, it feels like it's a direct attack on mom. And this is where people fill the wall. um, And which is probably what you just said. Like you like that we go further past mom. Um, But people have such a visceral reaction to, oh, me and my mom are good okay, but you don't have to protect her, her parenting style. And the grace people feel when they dive in or allow themselves to dive in is, 
okay, my mom did her best, but what part didn't she do that I needed? Yeah. And like, even that is just graceful in watching how your mom is and then understanding that's what I want to take from her. And that's the part I'll leave over there. That's healing the wound. People just think it's a straight attack or blame and it's not. Right. So can you give an example, whether it's in your own life or maybe, you know, a common one that you hear or see? Well, everyone's are just so different, but you know, the main thing is internal dialogue. So, you know, we talked about 30 and like the dramatics of a shake and pills and skincare and all these things, right? Mm-hmm. Then the number one I would say is how moms talk about themselves and how it trickles down into daughters. Um, I have two teen girls and I'm very cautious. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's almost it's crazy. I'm very cautious or I take extreme ownership of when it's unhealthy in front of the kids. Um, yeah. So when we grow up hearing our moms being like, oh, these jeans don't fit, I'm huge, or I'm just not going to eat any more of this, or mm-hmm. um, I just feel ugly today. And it's just such a female normal thing. Yeah, Daughters start to absorb what is unattractive in the mom's opinion. And now it becomes a negative internal dialogue without even knowing. Exactly. It's something I say often to in courses or, or whenever I teach sometimes is it's not often what's taught, it's what's caught. So we can tell our daughters, you're beautiful and like you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But how you talk about yourself when you see yourself in a mirror, like that's what your daughter catches mm-hmm. more than often what we try to teach them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we almost can't if you have a daughter, you can't protect your daughter also from her own wound from yeah. you. <laughs> like right. I take extreme ownership. Like I, I know what's happening with my kids. Like I, I giggle because I know my kids trauma is going to be a very hypercritical mother and mm-hmm. someone who's a go-getter and they just want to chill. And I'm like, we don't have time for the flowers, which is my wound. Right. And they're like, yes. wow, mom, look at this. I'm like, I don't want to look, we have stuff to do. Right. Like I know that will be their trauma extreme ownership. But what we have to take to as the mom, mm-hmm. we don't have to become this end all be all savior. Yeah. Of I'm doing everything right. Like I always tell parents lead as a parent with being a human and your mm-hmm. kids will respect more of the human part of you than you pretending yes. you've got it figured out. Imagine right. your mom you know this is a big thing we say in this house. Is there something I'm not doing for you? It admits mm-hmm. fault, it's vulnerability, it admits confusion and it interrupts a wound of thinking I know what's best for her. Well you might not, which is why right. we have ended up in situations that we're in. Right. Mm-hmm. There was one um one big one that came up for me in therapy, which was whenever I would go to my mom with a quote unquote negative emotion, whether it was sadness or like frustration or anxiety, um, I was always met with, well, you just have to be positive and you, you just need to be grateful. So mm-hmm. I, I literally remember as a kid thinking, I must be negative. I must not be grateful. And so I began to suppress a lot of emotions. And one of the things that I realized, I kind of came to this in my own conclusion, that I have really good intuition. Mm. 
really good. Whether when it comes to business or relationships, every relationship that went horribly bad, I could tell in the first couple of dates. Like I noticed things. But because most of my life I just suppressed a lot of those things, that that was just kind of what I did. Yeah. And I had to learn how to kind of retrain my brain. Now I'm an adult. I'm recognizing this. Mm-hmm. And I need to now heal from this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a big one for me. Everything is connected, even if you don't want it to be, which is why I joke like everything is a thing. Like it just, yeah. it is. Like it's your perspective and it's your brain. And the wound is negative pain and how we process it or we don't. Right. Right. Like another th- big thing I take accountability is when I'm annoyed at my own kids' problems, what about their issue makes me feel insecure that I can't fix? And if I can't fix it, why do I need to fix it? It is an internal conversation constantly, constantly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even having the grace to re-meet yourself in that wound of, wow, I, I'm feeling a reaction to this. It's a thing for me. And just let it be a thing. Mm-hmm. Do you find that women are scared to let it be a thing? Yeah, because we're like not allowed to have problems. Mm. Like ever. I mean, you and I work with mainly women and um, a lot of the dialogue I hear is I'll just figure it out and it's not their problem, which tells me they have always been the sole individual people relied on. Then they're not allowed to ask for help or they feel they weren't allowed to ask for help. Right. And it usually comes from them having an alpha parent, which is a wound. Right. Your mom, your strong alpha mom could have taught you everything that is your strength, but the wound now is we just push regardless, but then you have nowhere to land, right? So mm-hmm. this happens with a lot of women, I think, in the generation now, um, because I don't know what happened, but a lot of our parents, like if we're in our 30s, our parents, there was almost like a like a skip, I think, in dialogue, truly. Like there was mm-hmm. zero mental health talk, like almost yeah. no grit either. It was just work and handle and we're fine. Yep. Um, I noticed that in therapy and like, but the generation before them, like our mom's mom was mm-hmm. very like feminine, but gritty, but gritty. a quiet grit. And then the eighties parent wanted to kind of be very fluid, but not really, it, they, they're a little confused genuinely. Yeah. Um, and we're overcorrecting. So mm. tr- like I could do a whole dissertation on that. There is a huge jump in what's happening now. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with our daughters. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Because so my daughter's in middle school. How old are your girls? Uh, Drina is 13. So she eighth, is in eighth grade and Lexi's 16. So she's a junior. Okay. Yeah. So Malin's in middle school now. And it's, uh, it's wild to me to, to hear what their drama is or what they're talking about because it was not what we were talking about in middle school. I mean, even even just like the openness with sexuality and kids being sexually active and kids exploring so many different things where mm-hmm. I, me in middle school I like I knew nothing. Really? 
nothing. I mean, I was a crazy gymnast from a very young age. So, I mean, I left school early and went to gymnastics practice. Was there So, my life was trying to have a 10.0. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a Cali kid. Mm-hmm. I knew everything. <laughs> I knew everything really young. I like even like the California kids now, like I will go to Cali and I'm all wow, they're on a different situation. Like mm. California kids are just a little fast. Like we're just, we have LA right there. And it, it's yeah. even different than New York because New York's a little bit older money. It's a little classy. Yes. LA is just a, a gut punch of information. Yeah. Um, that's where I'm from. So what mm-hmm. I noticed too, even with wounds, right? Mm-hmm. The moms wanted to be very free flow, like the California moms, if you want yes. to be free flow. We were left to our own devices a lot of the time. So yeah. which will tell you why I'm so controlling, right? Yeah. So there's also a wound now that I'm very cautious of with my kids today because they they talk about very different things and there's a different level of acceptance, which trips me out. Um, mm-hmm. But not to shame our kids for something that we were like, we don't do that. Right. Still allowing exploration. And that is the hardest part. I think yeah, about what's going on right now. It's a really, really hard, fine line. What do you think there's some more? Oh, go ahead. Well, then we become the critical parent. Yeah. And do you find too that, okay, when when you learn about some of these things and the more that I've really kind of dove headfirst into my own healing and um, this personal development, if you are or if you have any perfectionist tendencies – I think sometimes, because I even catch myself of like, I I want to be a perfect mom Mm -hmm. and that is, it's not even possible. But do you find that there's like that, the perfectionist kind of struggles in this arena? I don't personally struggle because I've been on that ride and I'm good um, Mm -hmm. because my kids are older. I know, and I'm graced with being 32 and having older kids. So I don't, they're not my biological babies, but they, I've had them since they were toddlers. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't have the issue of like, my kid needs to be this and da, da, da. like I did that yeah. and it gave my youngest, I take full responsibility for this. She has the worst anxiety and it was all my fault because I was extremely insecure in parenting as an adoptive mom that if she looked good, I did good. Extreme ownership of that. So now I'm overcorrecting her. I won't even like, I won't even comment on her looks. I'll be like, just be a hot mess. Who cares? And she's like, what do you mean? And I like freak her out because I overdo it now to just make her chill. So, but what's happening though, and I, I mean, I could be wrong, but in my own theory, because we crave groundedness and control as a mother that we may not have had, right? Like this strong, independent mom. We're mm-hmm. overcorrecting by being perfect or wanting to be perfect as a parent where yeah. we are literally breeding. This is going to upset a couple of people. We're breeding codependent children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely can see that happening. And I take ownership too. I've had to be like, I got to let her fail. My husband and I will sit about my 16 year old and be like, how do we let her fail? We have to let her fail. Yes. Because it's all ego and we have to let her fail. 
And we it's have such an importance. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm-hmm. In I've learned this in so many areas of my life. And when you start a business, you got to get really comfortable with failure fast. And be brave in the failure. <laughs> be brave. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. What are some other common myths that when you when people think, oh, this is a mother wound, do you feel like there are other common myths that maybe we haven't touched on? Well, I don't think anyone knows it's a mother wound, if I'm honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. And I would even say as therapists, we don't say it out loud too often. Um, but what I have noticed, there, I mean, there's just so many that I think if you sat down in your dialogue, like have a seat, really, like have a seat. And before you react, think about where that thought process came from. I mean, I have a male client that I want to spew in therapy and be like, it's your mom, it's your friend. (laughs) Um, But I always say, can you tell me more about where you may have started to hear that? Can Mm -hmm. you tell me where you got that from? Um, and we can do that ourselves. Like it's easier with a therapist or a coach, right. Or a trauma coach, but you really want to sit with where is that coming from? Because there are so many, it could be body, it could be dating, it could be parenting, it could be cooking. Um, I had a friend who wigged out about her cooking the other day and I was like, what is that for you? And she's like, well, my mom always made really good food. Okay. Right. So you want to be like your mom and that can even be a wound, right? Like that's another thing. Like I know my oldest is going to struggle with is I want to be as good as my mom. Right. Where I'm young. So it's obtainable. Um, and then me having to reiterate, you are you though. Be you. And but that that's the healed parent, the healed parent talking. Right. right? We wouldn't know that unless we knew it. Um, wow, we're popping off right now. So there's layers to mother wounds, but if you listen to your dialogue Mm -hmm. and you have a physical reaction, I can guarantee you we can tease it out. Mm, I'll pay you for your session because I could put money down on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so listening to your your inner dialogue and noticing when you have reactions. A physical, like a physical, you know that you get lightheaded. Mm-hmm. I ask you, is it in your chest? Is it in mm-hmm. your wrist? Are your shoulders tense? Do yeah. you feel like it's lava about to come out? Like, yeah. what is that? Because that is the first sign that something is getting disrupted. Yeah. There was something that we talked about last time when we recorded this about when you're on like Thanksgiving dinner, for example. Oh, the dinners. Just sitting back and observing. Mm-hmm. What do you observe? Dynamics, first and foremost. Reactions. Moods. Mm-hmm. Right. Um I used to hate Thanksgiving until I put really thick boundaries. Like what I used to, well, now I let everyone come Thanksgiving Eve, get all the fighting out because it's going to happen. Um, and then it's beautiful because the next day everyone's kind of mellowed out truly. Yeah. Uh, but what I notice is the Thanksgiving dinner brings out everything that's unsaid. So I'm annoyed with this family member. Okay. But why? Um, your grandmother's bothering me. Mm, okay, but why? Like, what is the friction in the room? And if you just kind of sit back and notice who takes on what role or who's trying to dominate 
who or um, who's unsettled sitting down or who's overly Mm -hmm. sitting down, right? Like if you just have Mm -hmm. a seat, like mentally and physically, you can really watch dynamics of like, now I see where I get that. Or now I can see why that bothers me so bad. It is a one big bubble of like self-awareness. Yes. Mm-hmm. When it comes to um, that reflection, I think there there was a book I was reading and he said, limited reflection leads to dangerous reaction. Mm-hmm. And I think that we live in a world where we very rarely reflect or let ourselves sit in silence and solitude. I have a, a YouTube episode that's coming out because I, when I started dating myself and I was single, um, I would go to dinner by myself or I would plan all these like trips like just by myself and I started embracing silence and solitude. Mm-hmm. And those were the times when I had all these aha moments where I felt like I could finally hear myself think or hear myself hurt. Yeah. And finally realize like what my wounds were. Mm-hmm. Because I think until you're aware of them, there's you really can't do anything about them. Th- that's very true. And you know, this is where it gets hard too, because people who say I don't have mom wounds, um usually they haven't had time to sit and maybe what that may be affecting, you know, a mom wound is going to breed a caretaker, an emotional caretaker. A mom wound is going to breed like someone who has a high tolerance for poor loving, right? Like you don't want to threaten people. So you, you dumb it down, but you'll never notice these things. If you don't ask yourself, why do I keep doing that? It always feels like some type of overcorrection. Oh, oh my gosh, all the time until you land in the middle. And the middle is the process version. Um, Because everything can be true. You're not going to be fixed. But the self-awareness is the landing in the middle. If we overcorrect, it's it's creating the opposite problems of what you fear, truly. Um, But also, too, like, what a hard standard to live up to. But also really hard to articulate, well, my mom wanted the best for me. Like, why would that be a problem? (laughs) This is where people apologize for complaining. Hmm. Yeah. My my mom just wanted the best for me. So, of course, she did all this for me. Uh, Right? Yeah. Validate. But what did it teach you that really helped made you abandon yourself and you dumbed yourself down to go with her flow? Right. Because you're old enough now to take... Or you have permission now to say, I didn't really vibe with that. Yeah. Thank you, but not the energy. Right. So how do you, how do you go to the, so once you're like, okay, I'm, I'm reflecting, I'm noticing some things, I can kind of recognize my, my mom wounds. Besides hiring the selfish contract, which I highly recommend, um, what are some other things that people can maybe do? at home. My therapist always said the number one way to heal is to pay it forward. So, I mean, you don't have to have kids, but the number one way truly, in my opinion, is to Mm -hmm. do it through your children, right. To do different, but that gets sticky because you never want to have children to recreate your story. Cause then that's just total projection. Not scary. Right. 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 You're not. Um, 
but let's say you don't have children when you're at that Thanksgiving dinner. You now have permission to, to interrupt a cycle that's not working. Um, example, my nana said something about weight. I can't remember what she said, but she said something about weight at Thanksgiving. And I looked at her and I said, Nana, we don't do that anymore. Like it's 2023. That's super vintage. Like I didn't attack her. I yeah. wasn't triggered. My mom was. I wasn't triggered because that's not my dialogue, right? And right. looked at her with grace and said, we don't, we don't do that anymore. And she has, that was two years ago. She's never done it again. Right. Mm-hmm. So paying it forward is giving grace, but reinstating the boundary of what you're not allowing and giving yourself permission to not allow it. Cause you're not overcorrecting. What you're doing is you're acknowledging mm, and good. Wo- wounds happen when everyone pretends they're not there. Yeah. That's the, I love my mom, but okay, let's not pretend they're not there though. Right. So just like, let's just tweak it. Uh, let's acknowledge it. I'm not fixing anybody, I'm not projecting, but maybe not. Let's just cool that down because we don't have mm-hmm. to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Anything that we can give people um, as a tool of sorts, whether it's what's a really great journaling question or maybe one or two. I think there was mm. – there was one you we had talked about last time we recorded this about what am I not doing for you? Oh, I can't remember if it was that one. God, I love that. Well, <clears throat> if you're a mom, um, I think the number one question, like if you're struggling with your kid or your teenager, if you ask your daughter, is there something I'm not doing for you? It will move mountains. Mm-hmm. Move mountains. Um, if you think about your mom asking you that, think about how much you'd break down because everything would flood, right? Yeah. Um, and again, it gives your daughter permission to say, this is what's going on. We, my kids and I, you could tell they're, they're therapist kids, um, the way they talk. <laughs> my youngest one time was like, you are pushing my boundary when I have told you I don't want to talk to you and you continue to push me. And I like looked at her. It was like, get in your room and I'll talk to you in five, right? I'm going to respect yeah. it, but I'm still your mother. <laughs> but, but asking because our kids are not us. Right. So again, if you're a parent asking them that, but maybe even sitting down and asking yourself, what do I fear for them? And how mm. much of that is my problem? Yeah. And am I making it theirs? Wow. I, I, I'm totally at fault for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. When you talk college with your kid, triggers that you didn't even know were there come out, yeah. right? I, yeah. I'm slightly toxic. She gets letters every day from colleges. And I'm like, oh, if you can enjoy that, but throw that out because you're not leaving me. That's a me thing. That's <laughs> a me thing. And I'm 10,000% yeah. owning it and she's still staying home, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Figure it out when you're 22. Don't care. Um, I haven't had you long enough, <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you don't have children, I think maybe sitting down with, what don't I like about me? Right? Hmm. And where does that come from? Is that a dialogue? Is that something I've been taught? Is it not beauty in my mom's eyes? Right? Is it something I don't think I can obtain? Why can't I obtain it? Like it's so loaded. You know, my becoming her, I can always tell when someone fits the program when they lead with a mom, with a really intense mom wound. 
really intense mom wound of self-sabotage and extreme negative self-talk. It is like first, I'm like, "Mm, you're in, you're good. Um, Because there is a lack of permission to be powerful, but then a total abandonment of self when the power is at your doorstep. And you'll notice in that journal prompt what you don't like about you and why you back away from showing up. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. I was just going to say that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, the better the question, the better the answer. And I think this is a really great question to ask yourself. Um, So anything else you want to, any dessert that you want to leave people with? Um, I think the dessert would be, you know, mom wounds don't get fixed overnight. Like if anything, they don't really ever get fixed. Just embrace the grief that of what you didn't have yeah. and be empowered to know that it doesn't have to be forever. And if you are resentful of your mom, whether you know it or not, you will not leverage forward. I'm even mm-hmm. still learning that. Like I can't resent her for what she couldn't do. Yeah. Cause then I'll start, I'll start resenting me for it. Cause then yes. I'm not changing it. So there's an empowerment and change and you have the ability to do it, but the first step truly is the hardest, but it, it will happen. It really mm-hmm. will happen. It won't be fixed, but you'll feel lighter. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good word, lighter. Mm-hmm. Because if I could only pick one word to describe how I feel, it's lighter after doing some of some of this work. Yeah, you're just not waiting around for everyone else to acknowledge it. You've acknowledged it and there's power in that. Yes. Stop waiting for everyone else to fix it. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that you, if you've listened to this or watched this, that you definitely feel um, maybe even a sense of like, I'm not alone mm-hmm. and I feel a little bit more normal. And I also have some really great questions that I can kind of dive into and be able to implement some of this. Yeah. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? I'll have everything in in the show notes, but I believe your IG is The Selfish Contract. Mm-hmm. It's The Selfish Contract. The website is the same. Um, we just launched Becoming Her. I think this will actually come out the same time as Becoming Her. So we'll have our nice. Q1. So that will be closed, but um, one-on-one is always a thing. And yep. we'll probably have Becoming Her again up in the summer. So we'll stay in contact with that. But yeah, yeah. definitely follow her because she's got some... Not even just incredible programs, but I think even following you in general is so great. I feel like I always learn something from you. I'm constantly inspired by you. So thank thank you you. for sharing your heart and being willing to just have this conversation again. Thanks, Michaela. Anytime. We'll have to like maybe do like a series because I feel like there's so many layers to these things. Yeah, there really is. And we definitely have talked about um, being pretty active with the comments on this video. Uh, If you have like a question that you would love for us to answer, we've been thinking about maybe doing like a little Q&A after this comes out because it's always so helpful to learn a a big concept, but then think, okay, well, how can I truly apply it to me? Mm -hmm. And so ask your questions because we would love to come back and do a little Q&A. That would be so fun. It's like Dear Abby. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, what should we, dear Alex? 
Dear m a or something. I don't know. We'll get creative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with a cute name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. I hope that you enjoyed listening or watching. This is actually the very first YouTube uh, version of the podcast on the, on the new YouTube channel. So like and subscribe. Um, don't be me. I used to never subscribe to anything. And I would just consume everyone's content. I'm I had no idea. Consumer too. I'm terrible oh, at it. Man. I'm trying to get better at because I, once I started learning about YouTube, I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how important the, just that little f- click yeah. subscribe is to the creator. So anyways, thank you again, Alex. I so Thanks appreciate you. you. Oh, and nice. we will see you guys next time at the table. Bye. Bye, everybody.